Pods, City of Parramatta Libraries podcast, where we talk about books, libraries, and everything in between. My name is Nissa, and today I'm here with my colleague, Antonia. Hello, everyone. Hi, Antonia. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> That's good. So today, Nissa and I are recording at Wentworth Point Communities and Libraries. Um, and to begin, we would like to do an acknowledgement of country. So I'll begin. We would like to acknowledge that we are here today on the land of the Darug people. The Darug people are the traditional owners of this land. City of Parramatta Council also acknowledges the present Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who now reside within this area. All right. Thank you, Antonia. Um, so today we're going to be talking about young adult literature. So for our listeners, we did a podcast back in 2019 on some great uh, YA titles, and we just thought we'd revisit um, those books because they're just so popular, and I think our listeners just couldn't get enough, so here we are back with some more books to talk about. So what's young adult literature? So YA literature is aimed at teenagers and can span many of the same genres as adult fiction. The difference is that the perspective is a teenage one, even if the characters or the main characters aren't necessarily teenagers themselves. YA books are about transition, first experiences. They can be about school, about family, love, loss, strife. It could be about many of these things, none of these things. And some of the books we're going to be talking about cover so many different themes that um, a lot of teenagers experience in today's world and have been experiencing for years before. Antonia, you are going to introduce the titles. I am. So we're going to talk about four different books today. So the first one is On the Come Up by Angie Thomas, published by Walker Books 2019. The second one, which I'll be talking about, is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Johnson, published by Electric Monkey in 2019. The third book Nissa will be talking about, Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, published by Hot Key Books 2020. And the fourth one is Welcome to the New World, Waking Up in Trump's America by Jake Halpern and illustrated by Michael Sloan, published by Bloomsbury Publishing in 2020. Over to you, Nissa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Do you know what? I really, really enjoyed the books um, that I'm going to talk about. So the first one is, as you said, On the Come Up, and that's by Angie Thomas. So Angie Thomas is a former teen rapper. Um, and if her name sounds familiar, it's because in the first YA podcast episode I did with Catherine, Catherine actually talked about the book The Hate You Give. Now, at the time, I hadn't read the book. Catherine was very enthusiastic about it. Um, and when it came to reading On the Come Up, I thought, okay, I'm going to read both of the books together, The Hate You Give first and then her second book, On the Come Up. And I just love them. I mean, they the books have just so many things going for it. I mean, you're talking about drugs, about police, about crime, about love, about family, school, about racism, about sexism, about... Um, the aspirations that young people have for their lives and where they want their lives to lead and all the impediments that um, that they have to face to get to that point. So The Hate You Give, uh, just to give you some context, is was a massive success when it came out. It was number one on the New York Times bestseller list. 
It also won the British Book Awards Children Book of the Year. And the book was... Okay, just a little bit about that particular book. I won't go into it just because Catherine's already done that. But it's about this character called Star. She's African-American and she witnesses her friend being gunned down by police. And then in events ensue from there. I feel like this is very relevant considering the Black Lives Matter situation it was only a couple of months ago and it was a talk of the town. I think oh, it's definitely. quite relevant. Absolutely, yeah. And it's been... I think the thing is this sort of stuff has been relevant for so long but yeah. only in like the wider community it's yes. become more something that we that's more present more that yeah. more visible and it's more a topic of conversation for us mm-hmm. so i think you're absolutely right it is it ties in so well with that yeah. i mean sadly but you yeah. know um, appropriately sense. yeah the book i found was incredibly powerful incredibly emotional um there was hope there there was anger there there was um and it sort of ends on as I said, it has that, it had a bit of, like at the end, it was hopeful, but changes will happen. That's basically where it ends, yep. the first book. Um, the second book is not a sequel. However, okay. it's set in the same neighborhood, I guess you can say. Oh, um, and okay. that's the connection there between them. Yep. Now, um, the character, the character in the first book is a character called Star. She goes to, I believe it's a private school. In this book, uh, the main character, the protagonist, is a young teenager. Her name is Brie or Brianna. She goes to, I guess it's kind of, I don't know if it's a private school, but it's it's not a state school, so it's something in okay. between. So she is a minority there, and it's a yep. bit more of a privileged situation than the other kids in her neighbourhood. She's also an aspiring rapper. Oh. So that's what um, distinguishes her from the rest of her peers. Um, and... The story is basically about her aspirations to be successful as a rapper, um, to get through school, to get through relationships and friendships, and to sort of navigate life through all the discrimination that she faces, you know, based on her colour, her gender, her class. So that's what the story, um, basically that's the, like the gist of the story. Now, as I said, the book isn't a sequel to the first book, but it's set in the same neighbourhood. The connection in the actual book was um, that when the characters are all discussing something, they refer to a kid being killed by the cops close to um, Bree's grandparents' house. That kid is actually from the, from first, the, exactly, book. From okay. the first book. So that's where that oh, actual okay. connection is. But otherwise, I couldn't really find any. <laughs> and, and that's fine. I, I was really looking for it. Um, she also refers in the book to the incident and says, like, in the aftermath of the incident, you know, um, uh, the police started driving by more frequently, ostensibly to protect the people. But Bree's quite cynical about it. And I think for me that's interesting because the end of the first book, or, you know, The Hate You Give was all about, okay, this horrible thing happened and they're protesting and now things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And the second book demonstrates that, okay, look, it alludes to the fact that, yes, some, I guess, surface changes were made, so the cops doing more like, you know, patrolling. Yeah. However, is that really making a change or not? Yeah. Is that actually effective? In her, um, you know, as she tells it, it's not really. So that, I think, was quite interesting. There are a lot of parallels between the two books as well. So like Star, Brie is kind of annoyed at being constantly identified as her father's daughter. Mm-hmm. So in Star's case, her dad used to be a gangster back in the day. And, you know, she's always referred to as like 
and he now owns a shop and she's always referred to like you know the shop owner's daughter yeah she doesn't love it when it happens all the time in Bree's case um you know her dad a famous rapper also possibly involved in crimes um and she's and he he was gunned down um when she was very young but she's constantly referred to as his daughter and that also annoys her a little bit because she's all about like you know what this is my identity yeah there's a really really good line i liked from the book all these folks i've never met became gods in my life now i gotta take the power back i really really like that and that it Mm -hmm. goes to that sense of as a female as a black woman or girl that feeling of well, her life, all these people were saying, look, this is how your life is going to be led. But she's mm-hmm. like, no, I want to take control of it. Yeah, and, and that goes back to that whole teenage thing of you're in a period of transition, you're emerging as a person, and she wants yeah. to control what sort of person she comes out of that as. Um, I feel like that's relevant to that young adult age group where mm-hmm. every individual who's like between in their teen years, regardless of where they come from or what colour they are, they're trying to find their place in the world. So it's a very like... Exactly. A critical stage in your life. Exactly. And then she's got that added layer of being a person of colour as well, yeah. right? And a subjugated like a minority. Double, yeah. And then a female on top of yeah. that. So there's so many layers <laughs> there's of like having three to... or four layers already. Yeah. Exactly. About that's the from... identity. Exactly, yeah. It's um, interesting. It is, definitely. There are Harry Potter references in both, oh. which I found super exciting. Of course. I would <laughs> <And> I, <do. laughs> I think it goes back to Angie Thomas, like the author. She is, I guess, a millennial. And again, you know, oh. for millennials, I mean, Harry Potter is like, you know. It's our thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's where that comes in through. I love that. It's also political from the get-go. Like, it doesn't okay. go on about politics. But I think on the second page or something, there's a reference to the main character reading a tweet by the president and being really annoyed. Oh. And I'm like, okay, that yeah. was the reality for like yeah. four years for not mm-hmm. just, you know, the United States, but the rest of yeah. the world as well. So it's not shy about that as well. Um, there's humor. So there's this PNC, like um, parent and teacher conference. Um, and there's a lady who gets up and starts, you know, completely dismissing all the, um, the racism that these children of colour have faced from racist security guards. And she's completely oblivious to it because her child hasn't experienced this and whatnot. And her name is, her, literally her name is Karen, which <laughs> that, that oh, cracked dear. me up. And then, then, you know, the author also puts in a line there about, you know, the character going, oh, of course her name is Karen. So I, I like that. That was a nice little dig over there. No offence to Karens out there, but, you know, um, there's also a lot of black popular cultural references. So, um, you know, uh, someone is doing, I think, a bit of sleuthing and someone oh. refers to them as Olivia Nope. And that's a joke about Olivia Pope from Scandal, the Shonda Rhimes um, television mm-hmm. show. There's also um, a reference to someone watching Empire for the cookie quotes. Um, so I don't know if anyone uh, out there listening watches Empire, but it's a show about this um, family of music producers and music- musicians and they're African-American and there's a character called Cookie who is um, very opinionated and very. actually she was the one who introduced me to the word bougie. <laughs> <laughs> of which, course she did, Nessa. <laughs> of course she did, which, if anyone's wondering, is derived from bourgeois and it means to aspire <laughs> to a higher class. So I have Cookie to thank for that and so does the character, or at least one of the characters in the um, book. Um, there's also a lot of Black Panther references and, you know, people giving, like, Wakanda Forever salutes um, and, like, debating whether Killmonger was, like, um, an anti-hero or a villain, which I loved. 
This also references the movie Get Out, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the great movie that was, I think, directed and written by Jordan Peele as well. So yep. as I'm looking through it and, like, recognising all these cultural references, what struck me was that most of these are from the last decade. Yep. And, like, how sad would it have been for, you know, all these African-American teenagers or young people growing up to not have themselves reflected yep. in television, in popular mm-hmm. references, Movies you know? And stuff, exactly. Yeah. But now, I mean, okay, now it's still not, not how it much. should be, yeah. but it's better than it was yeah. before. Oh, definitely. And, like, on a global level, not mm-hmm. just them knowing about these niche yeah. shows, but these shows that are recognised on a global scale. Yeah. So I was like, that's really cool. And I loved how she mentioned those over there. And they're great shows, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I recognised all of them, so I was very happy about that. Um, so, yeah, so, the, look, I really, really enjoyed the book. It, it touched so many different themes. It just... Um, gave such a great depiction of a young person from a background who I guess it doesn't sound familiar in some of the particular circumstances but it's written so well and you have such empathy for those characters and you feel so invested in their success and it just shows that yes maybe people coming from a neighborhood where there's crime there's strife there's violence there's death but there's also a lot of love there's also Mm -hmm. faith there's you know, people wanting to better themselves. Um, and that's something a lot of us can relate to. Um, I know her third book came out very recently, Concrete yes. Rose. I haven't read that yet, but that's definitely on my list of something I want to read. And hopefully I will get to talk about that in <laughs> a future episode. Antonia, to you now, your book. Okay. My book pales in comparison, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit of a fan of thrillers. So the book, one of the books I picked was A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. And it was written by Holly Jackson and it's her first um, novel. So I think she did quite well. I just want to warn you that this book, if you do choose to read it, it mentions murders, drugs and rape um, scattered throughout. And it is very detailed in some of those descriptions and some of the writing. So if you're not really into that, I would not recommend it. But it is um, it is a great book, all in all. Um, so the story is about a popular girl called Andy Bell, and she was murdered, and the then suicide of her boyfriend at the time, Sal Singh. Now the case was closed, and according to the public, uh, sorry, according to the police, Sal murdered Andy, and he was so overcome with guilt that he committed suicide. Now the story um, is set five years later in this little town. And this is when our good girl, also called good girl, Pippa comes along and she's using the excuse of a high school project to solve the murder. So she takes it upon herself to find out who the real killer is because she wants to kill um, Sal Singh of the murder. So it's quite interesting and the reason behind um, why she wants to clear Sal Singh of being the murderer is not so great. I mean, it makes sense. If you're a teenager, you would want to clear... Um, the name of someone who's been nice to you or good to you or you think is a good person. Um, but, you know, it, I just didn't feel like it was a great reason to go and put your own life at risk just to clear someone's name. But, hey, I'm not Pippa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the cover it says it's a case, a closed case and an A-grey student who won't let it go. So that's clearly what the story is. Um, and this book was really cleverly written. It was written from the omnipresent or third um person however there are little bits and pieces of Pippa's project scattered through so Pippa's writing a log um, for her school project so there's little bits in there um, 
that are from her project diary and things like that. So that gives you a first person point of view. So it's really interesting to see the novel progress from a third person and flip through to a first person, then go back to third person. And it's done so seamlessly that it kind of absorbs you into the mystery. Like it's written really well and it might not be my favorite thriller book, but it was written very well. And I do really appreciate that considering it was the author's first book. Um, so what else can I say? Pip. Pip is a very interesting character. There is a lot to her. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let me go back to the book. So the book's written in three parts. Um, so part one, part two, part three, obviously. And then the end, um, there is a chapter titled Three Months Later. Now, the reason I mentioned that it's written in three parts and there is a final chapter is because I didn't really like that um, Jackson has added the, chi- the chapter titled Three Months Later. It just kind of gives it a finale, finale kind of thingy happening, but you don't. You don't really want it because you know there's a sequel because there is um, Holly has written a prequel and she's written two other sequels. So the next one after this book is Good Girl, Bad Blood. Um, so you kind of want there to be something to end on, but she doesn't really give you that. So that kind of left me a little bit upset. Um, but that doesn't mean I won't read the next two or three novels. Um, but, you know, it just it gave you such finality. You're like, what's next? Because mm-hmm. the murder's been solved. The thrill is over. Um, there's kind of a happy ending. And you're like, okay, that's it. The town has returned to normal. So that kind of really annoyed me. But apart from that, um, you know, it was still a mystery. Um, so the novel was a very journalistic type of novel. And it came across, it's very re- very well researched. Um, the character development was actually really good. So usually, I'm not sure, Nissa, how many mysteries you read. <laughs> not as many <laughs> as I should, but okay. Um, so usually in a thriller or a mystery novel, um, the author will introduce kind of characters here and there and you never really see him again. So there'll be John from the supermarket with the blonde hair, blue eyes, and Susie that lives down the road with the red hair and the green eyes who owns a cat and they you hear about him once and never again. But the thing um, that I really enjoyed about this author, she does introduce characters like that into the novel, but it's done so subtly and it progresses over the chapters uh-huh. that you feel like you're getting to know that character. Mm-hmm. They're not just there for that scene and taken away. So they're there, they're there. They kind of move to the background of the novel and then they slowly kind of slide out. So you don't really recall them until you get to the end when you're going through in your mind um, how Pippa had actually solved the mystery. So it's actually really good. And I think that's... Um, like I'd like to credit the author on that I think she did that really well um, because you know most novels don't actually do that so that was really good Um, what else can I say about this novel so uh, along with that the layering of um, the facts the theories the interview that the author put in um, so it's quite a very fast paced novel so um, what happens is Pippa will put a version of events in your mind she'll have a theory she won't you to get on her side but that's not what really happens because you know that the author is trying to mislead you and so I would stay up till one two three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out if I'm on the right track is Sal really the murderer or is he not and it was really interesting um because your mind goes this way and that way and you don't really know what to think because she's put so many facts out there for you um so you suspect everyone really in the end and that's kind of silly because my initial suspect was the one who had done it. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> so don't um, think about it too much because that's what will happen to you. Um, yeah, so it was a really cleverly written no- novel. So if you're looking for something that's fast-paced, kind of in your face, but and lays all the facts out, I think this is a really good novel. And it's really good for anyone who's a young adult trying to 
kind of find their way in the world of literature, figure out what they like, what they don't like, because obviously this is a less serious novel, but it's very intriguing, whereas Nissa's one was very serious. Um, but also it's for an adult, possibly like me, <laughs> um, who just likes to read something that's easy, but also really engaging. So I really did um, enjoy it. But there was a little bit of unbelievability in this novel for me, because I have not once known a student who has solved a murder case. <laughs> have you Nissa? <laughs> no I have not oddly enough. <laughs> so I mean it's great for kids who want to relate to certain um, characters in the book but there are certain aspects of this book that you would think or you would look at it and say no that's definitely never happened in my school or in um, you know to nobody I know and things like that. So there is that little element of um, unbelievability um, but regardless it still works as a work of fiction and it's great and I love the characters. Um, as I said before I'm such a sucker for thrillers. Um, there is just one thing I really wanted to point out that Holly, she is an author based in the UK and in the UK, like Australia, there are lots of different people of color. So, um, as a person from Australia, Australians are no longer seen as someone with blonde hair and blue eyes. And I think this is really important in the writing of this book because Holly includes uh, people of colour throughout. She just scatters them throughout. So some of Pippa's family, which if you read this book, you'll learn about. And um, the main murder character, um, the main culprit, I guess, of the murder or suspect of the murder and his brother. So Sal and his brother Ravi, they are people of colour. They're of, I would assume, Indian ancestry because their last name um, in the novel is Singh. So it's really nice to have someone to kind of relate to or have someone of colour throughout the novel and you don't really notice that they're there. Um, I know there's a bit of controversy right now with the Bridgerton series because there was a character in there called Kate, I think Kate Sheffield, and she's been changed to a Kate Sharma. So I think this whole person of colour thing is really coming to the forefront of a lot of novels, but I like how it was very subtly put into this novel. What do you think, Nissa? I, I agree. <laughs> no, it's... it's uh, Having people of colour being represented in a way that is authentic is, I think, very important. And yeah. if that's being addressed, then more power to them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was really subtly done, which is really nice, because a lot of the novels are kind of really in your face. And I know Yawn is a really serious novel. So, you know, I just thought I would relate to that a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that sounds really, really great. Um, so anyway, I really enjoyed this novel, but I just wanted to point out a few other novels if you are interested in thrillers or um, other YA mystery novels. So it's kind of related, um, written in a similar manner to One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus, so that was really good. Um, if you've also read The Amateurs by Sarah Shepard, sorry, by Sarah Shepard, um, so she's also written Pretty Little Liars, so that's pretty good too. And also um, We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. So if you've read any of those or um, had an interest in any of those, I would really recommend this book because it's been a book that's been really highlighted um, on social media and things like that. So I thought I'd give it a try and it's really good. Um, yeah, so that's all on my book, on Brilliant. The Girl's Guide to Murder. <laughs> so that's your, great. your next book, Nessa. Yeah, just before that, though, oh, I have to say my book was, I mean, it was serious. I mean, it, it's yeah. not like it didn't have moments of, you know, levity or... Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, the, a lot of the content was very serious. Yes. So p p please do not be put off people <laughs> by, by the description of serious. It definitely is that. It's got some very, very serious mm -hmm. themes, um, but there's also, I think, some fun in there as well. And, yeah. you know, so yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think um, 
you've read the book. I haven't read the book, but I really want to watch the movie for your um, for the hate you give. Have mm. you actually watched the movie yet? I haven't. I haven't. I, I sh- mean, I've heard it's good. But... <laughs> it is supposed to be good. Yeah, no, I haven't had a chance to do it. And I, I guess I didn't want to spoil um, my impression of the book, so I mm-hmm. haven't done that yet. But perhaps that is something that I should also mm-hmm. be doing. And that also puts out a question to everybody. Is the book better than the movie or is the movie better than the book? Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a, a very interesting and potentially contentious debate. <laughs> okay. Next podcast. Next um, next book for me, Clap When You Land. Okay, first thing, I love the cover. I'm mm-hmm. just showing the cover to Antonia right now. It is a lovely cover. It is a cover that is split in two, um, and there are two young women on the cover. Um, they've got similar features, but there's a slight difference in um, slight difference in their colouring. Mm-hmm. But it just is when I look at it, it just really I don't know. I just feel feel really attracted to the book itself, and I know the whole thing. You shouldn't judge yeah. a book by its cover, but yeah. the cover does matter. Let's let's mm-hmm. be honest. Okay, Clap When You Land. So that book is by Elizabeth Acevedo, and Elizabeth is a Dominican-American poet and writer. Her 2018 book, The Poet X, won numerous awards and was actually, get this, the fourth most ordered book at the New York Public Library that year. Oh, wow. Which I think is super impressive. I think so too. Yeah. The book is about grief it's about loss it's about love it's about hope fear ambition and competitiveness mm-hmm. essentially it revolves around two characters they're both teenagers uh first glance they both appear to be similar ages both mm-hmm. in school one lives in the united states and is of dominican heritage mm-hmm. The other one lives in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and goes to an international school where she learns English. Okay. So they're set in two different locations, um, but there is that, I guess, they're both familiar with English and Spanish, okay. as is the author. So that, that's quite interesting <laughs> over there. Um, as is Nissa, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Except Nissa's not Spanish, but she is learning Spanish oh, sorry, on yeah. Duolingo. <laughs> Just like Antonia. Yep. And not that I'm plugging a particular um, app, but I have to say, um, interestingly enough, the fact that I'm trying to learn Spanish or have been trying to learn <laughs> Spanish for a while, that really helped me with the book because... I'm glad it did. Yeah, because yes, it's in English, but there's a lot of Spanish peppered mm-hmm. throughout and quite casually used. And there's also, yeah. there was this quote at the very beginning of the book, actually. Now, I'm going to try to say it in Spanish. Please do not judge me, listeners. <laughs> um, el corazón de la... Uh, Oyama solo le conoce el cuchillo. Now, I was like trying to read it going, mm, it says something, the heart of the something only knows the spoon. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I mixed, I mixed the word. Cuchillo is like knife, not spoon. So that was that. Close enough. I got a utensil, Close, yeah. I want to say. And the other word, I'm sorry, I'm probably not pronouncing it well, A U Y. Y A U Y A M A, and that means pumpkin. Yeah, so it says so. It means the heart of the pumpkin is only known by the the knife. Mm-hmm. And what that means, it's actually quite a lovely quote. It yep. means, and it's a Dominican um, saying, and it means no one knows what others really feel. And I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, that was nice. And that's the beginning that's of the book. Yep. 
So, so the book, um, I mean, if you look at it, I'm just going to show it to Antonia right now. Yeah. The way it's written. Oh, wow. It's very... It's very different, isn't yeah. it? It's spaced out. It's, it's kind of like a poet. Exactly. Poem, like a poetry kind of exactly. into a book. What it's called, it's kind of, it's called a novel in verse or a verse novel. Uh, okay. And what that means is that it's, I guess it's poetry, but mm-hmm. it's written in like a prose style or yeah. a length of um, fiction. And I was just like, wow, that is such an interesting, interesting. way. Yeah. And I, on the face of it, when I first opened up the book and I'm like, oh no, I don't think it's I'll so be able thick. to. <laughs> and I thought I won't be able to get through it. It's a completely different style. But the funny thing is the flow was great, mm-hmm. even though it's written in a different style to what I'm used to being a verse novel, but they had, yep. it had great flow. It was lyrical. I was able to follow, you know, the story without really being, like I wasn't hyper aware of yep. the the verse format. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, when you're trying to read something in a different format, you're very aware of it as you're trying to make your way through the story. But I wasn't. It just yep. flowed for me. I love that. And it sort of goes back and forth between the two different um, characters. Okay. Um, uh, one called Camino and one called Yahera. And it goes back and forth, back and forth between them. Um, the stories do connect, like we see the connection between okay. the two characters at a certain point, and then towards the end, so what happens each time they go back and forth between the two characters, at the top of the um, the section, you'll have the name of, like they'll have both of the um, names side by side, and then there's a little plane in between, and one is faded, and the, um, so there's like, for example, Camino, there's a little icon of a plane, um, facing right, and then there's the name Yehera. And Yehera is in, like, it's in a darker text. Yeah, than Camino. And that just means that that text now is about Yehera's perspective. Um. When you have um, the other perspective, you've got the plane facing in the opposite direction, and then her name in dark. And that's how you know which character's perspective it is. Towards the end, though, they do away with that completely. Oh, okay. It's, it, it has to do with the story. I don't want to okay. reveal it too much. It has to do with the story itself mm-hmm. and what they find out about each other. But yeah. I thought it was a great way to illustrate Connect a point about two. like the relationship between the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming the plane has significance. The plane, indeed. It has significance. Okay. So um, the title, <laughs> Clap When You Land, you realize the meaning of that like in the last one-fourth of the book. And basically okay. it refers to... so. Without giving away too much of the story, mm-hmm. um, the beginning of the story is about a plane crash, and it affects okay. both of these characters. Yep. Now, um, towards the end of the book, you have um, someone getting on a plane, and then when the plane lands, everyone begins to clap. So because they're clapping, and then someone else says, oh, that's an old-fashioned Dominican yep. thing to do. And that's where that comes, like clap on your land. And I think it harks okay. back to that whole thing where a lot of the events that happen or set in motion in the book started off with that plane crash. Um, the book, I thought, introduced a lot of things about like stark reality of life in the Dominican Republic, the poverty, the struggle, um, the danger in some cases to females. But there's also a lot about the beauty of the place, the the, the beauty of like certain beliefs um, the color, the cuisine. I love how it does that. It it's it's almost like a love story to that country um, by the author. 
Um, and I think it hits so many different marks where you've got um, issues about poverty are, are addressed, you know, issues between family, um, you know, relationships between family and all the different forms that they take. Um, it has queer characters in there as well. And I think okay. my book on the come up, the first book that I did, that also has it. And I really love how YA books are really making an effort to represent queer characters in yeah. their stories. And I think it's important. I think I mentioned this when I was doing the podcast with Catherine as well, mm -hmm. that they are reflected. Or they or young queer yeah. children or, you know, young yeah. people see themselves reflected somewhere in yeah. writing the way children of colour see themselves mm -hmm. reflected yeah. in writing. Representation so, is exactly, really important. Yeah. Very much so. So I think it hits so many different marks. Mm -hmm. The ending is a little bit dramatic, but okay. I think it fits in quite well. And it's just, I loved it. Look, it was a great story. I stayed up until 1.30 <laughs> to finish it. Need to work on my time management skills, I guess. <laughs> I think you do. But I, unusually, for the kind of format it was, I did, yeah. I, you know, my heart sank when I saw it, but I'm like, it just lends itself so well. So it's a different style of writing yeah. that I'm not going to shy away from, I think, mm -hmm. after this, because... It was lyrical. It was beautiful. Um, love the cover. Good stuff. I definitely recommend it to anyone interested in, you know, um, reading a book that's in a slightly different format. You know, I've read um, one or two books actually recently that are written in the same style, and I picked them up thinking, you know, it wouldn't flow very well. But I really, really enjoyed um, the two books that I did read. I think one of them was called The Little Wave by Pip Harry. Now, that's a junior fiction book. Um, but actually it was written really well and I think I know a lot of grown-ups or adults have read that book and it was really um, well written. There's a lot of back and forth between characters and I think that's the new thing because a lot of us don't have time to read as many books either. So maybe it's how we're going to start reading books now. Exactly, just try <laughs> something knows? different. So, yeah. <laughs> it was Your well book. It. My uh, next book is called Welcome to the New World, Waking Up in Trump's America. Um, now, this was a graphic novel, and it tells the story of the Aldebaran family who have left Syria to give themselves a chance at the American dream. So they arrive um, in America on the eve of the 2016 US elections, which were eventually won by Donald Trump. And so this graphic novel is a kind of biography, and it details um, the family's past and the joys and the struggles of making America their new home. So some of the reasons why I actually chose this book were my recent, very recent um, interest in American politics, especially with the recent inauguration of President Biden and the very shocking invasion of the US Capitol building and all this talk of Trump. Um, I did see this book on the shelf in the library. So all this talk of Trump made me think, you know, a lot of people will be fearing the worst. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Everyone was so unsure. It was not just affecting America, but, you know, Australia, China, Russia, New Zealand. And it was a very, I guess, a hot topic at the time. So I thought, you know, why not read a bit about it and see what life is like in America? Um, so this book actually began as a weekly comic strip in the New York Times um, by Halpern and Sloan. And it went on to, they actually went on to win an award for the editorial cartooning. And thus, this graphic novel was born. So it's quite, it's quite good. So the main characters uh, throughout this graphic novel are Ibrahim, who is the father, his wife, uh, their son, Naji, no, I think I'm saying it right, N-A-J-I, I think it's Naji, um, and their family. So they have a lot of brothers and sisters. Well, the father, Ibrahim, has a lot of brothers and sisters, and Naji also has a lot of um, siblings too. So the book is written in five parts, or yeah, five parts or five chapters, shall we call them. 
So the first part is an introduction to the family. Um, it covers their move to Australia and the and it ends with the realisation that Trump has won the election. So that's not really given much way because you know that that's what's going to happen. Uh, the second part, you see the family kind of finding their feet. They see and learn um, more about the American culture and there's a lot of sudden realisations for them. Um, like a lot of reality checks and even a bit of regrets. And for me, um, as an outsider, it's rather enlightening because you see um, an immigrant's perspective and it's rather raw. And there's things uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't really um, be able to understand or see these things unless you're in their shoes or you're kind of omnipresent um, in that perspective. So that was really um, enlightening for me. Uh, the third part covers racism, cultural references, um, so Najee making friends, meeting his neighbour and the important role that all of those aspects of racism, culture, friends and neighbours, they all played um, the importance that they played in the family's journey um, and them making their home in America. So there's a few little neat characters we met in that part. Um, so Najee makes a friend at school and the friend is a little boy who's also an immigrant. I won't give too much away, but he's also an immigrant from Pakistan. So they kind of relate... Uh, because, you know, they're from the Middle East, um, Northeast Asia kind of... Oh, sorry, East Asia kind of area. Was it West Asia? South Asia. Sorry, South Asia. I'm not very good at geography, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they come from the South Asia kind of area. So they bond, they talk. Um, you know, they really feel like outsiders. And I think you see them making friends because they are kind of considered the outsider at the time. They're the not popular kids, I'm sure, um, you know... They dress differently. They talk differently. So I can clearly understand that. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, so the next part, I really liked the part four of the book. So part four was a, a short snippet or short chapter of the Albadan's previous life in Syria and all they've overcome to actually get where they are today. And it was very interesting because you see the significance of things like a house key or um, having your grandmother around and little things that certain members in the family do to make themselves um, I guess remember where they're from but also what um, like the importance of family and how they got to where they are today so I think that chapter in the book or in the graphic novel is actually really crucial because you get an understanding of why um, Naji and his father and his mother actually make the decisions they make and um, you know the importance of having your family around the corner or being really close and having like your auntie a phone call away so there are certain things that I didn't really understand because I'm not from that kind of ethnicity or anything like that, but you kind of understand why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, having friends from kind of the Middle East and things like that, you don't really understand that the trauma their families have been through and what they've been through to actually get here. So for me, that was very enlightening. And I think um, it's rather horrifying to see that there are families in the world today that kind of have to deal with, you know, bombing and um, lack of food and jail and persecution on a daily, regular basis just because they live in a country that's not as free as ours. And, yeah, for me that was quite shocking and rather enlightening as well. Um, so part five. Part five was a kind of nice ending. So it's um, Naji and his siblings fitting into America finally and they become children again. And I think for the first four parts of the book, you don't see Naji kind of selling as a child. He's very worried about his father making money. Um, you know, are they going to be okay? Is, thing, is 
is, is it going to work out for me and my family? You know, uh, have we made the right decision? So he's kind of like the third parent. So it's nice to finally see him come back and be a child again and to worry less about those things or things that adults will call trivial, like, you know, does a girl like me? Am I dressing fly? You know, <laughs> just little things like that. So it's really nice. And um, the book has an epilogue and some notes after that. So it kind of gives you um, a really raw perspective of how the family is coping now. So that was really nice of... Um, happen and Sloan to actually include that um, yeah because you know they haven't reached um, a fairy tale ending but they have reached a lot of good things by the time you get to the epilogue and you read it you will understand what I'm trying to say <laughs> without giving so much away for the book because I think you have to read the book to read the epilogue and to under to kind of value um, the ending so anyway it was really confronting as I said before and really eye-opening and I think the, for me, a quote which I found um, kind of looking at this book was that the first generation makes a sacrifice to come here and the next one realises the dream. And I think this novel really shines light on that because you can really see the first generation, um, so the mum and the dad, really making the sacrifice, leaving their mother, their brothers and sisters in a, in a different country. And then so Naji and his sister Amal and his other sister I think it's Harla her name was so they've kind of settling in and they're growing up with the American dream they're going to make America their home after all these struggles and things so I think that quote really gives life to this book it's really important I think because there are a lot of um first generation second generation Australians in this community so I think this is really an interesting novel from that perspective um but it also gives you a great understanding of many of the complexities which a lot of immigrants face today whether in Australia or around the world so um yeah I really like this book and I would really recommend it it was a really quick read I think I read it two nights because I only read half and half um but yeah I would totally recommend it but also I think um it's really fitting as well because this year is it this year yes it's this year that will be 20 years since September 11 and the acts of discrimination and racism that occur in the book, it's quite interesting because they do relate to the times of um, September 11. And, you know, it it occurred to me that it has been 20, well, it will be 20 years since the, um, that attack on the Twin Towers. And to actually see that these things still exist today, even a few years ago and even now, it's kind of, it's sad, but it also makes you realise that change takes time and it's not going to happen overnight. And it's been 20 years, but you know, we're still on that path to finding, I don't know, I guess, empathy and apathy towards um, immigrants. So that's really, really interesting. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, also, some I did a bit of research. Some similar novels to this, mm-hmm. if you are really interested in this, are graphic novels as well. So The Arab of the Future by Riyadh Satouf. I love, love, love that series. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I may just read that next. <laughs> American Born Chinese by Jean Luen Yang. Um, they Called Us Enemy by George Taki. Now, I believe that's about um, America and I think a Japanese citizen or something or other. Um, the next one, I think, is more of a picture book. There's no rewards in this. So this one's An Arrival by Sean Tan. Now, Sean Tan, um, for those of you who don't know, he's an... Aussie author and illustrator, and his books are rather more written. Um, and the last one is Illegal by Ian Colfer. Ian Colfer at the Artemis Fowl series. So I'm really looking forward to reading um, that graphic novel. So, yeah, it was very, um, it's a kind of 
great grey note to end on, but I really liked it. Actually, speaking of grey, the novel was written in um, like a blue, sh- different shades of blue. Mm-hmm. It was in different shades of blue. But the part four, or chapter four, when it does flashback to their life in Syria, that's actually in grey. So I thought that was a very different, um, a very interesting way to put it. I'm just showing this now. But if you look at it, it's just in shades of blue and black. Oh, yeah. All the fonts black. And any flashbacks uh, yes. are in black. So nice. it's like the old life and then the new life. And yep. I thought that's really interesting to kind of see it done that way. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Oh, and there are also, um, you know, references to modern day life, use of phones and things like that. Sorry, I'm just noticing while flipping through. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's really interesting to also see the cultural difference. Um because, sorry, I just remembered this. There was a, um, a section in the story where Najee is sweeping the snow out of the driveway and the elderly neighbor says, oh, can you also do my driveway? And he's like, yeah, sure thing. So he sweeps it out. You know, um, I guess in that culture, you respect your elders and you do kind of, you look after your neighbor, like love thy neighbor, that's a thing there. So he's sweeping it out. Um, so he goes up to say, you know, I've done it. And she's like, he has some money. But he says, no, no. Um, you know, I won't accept the money. So she puts the the little old lady puts the money back in the purse. Um, but Najee's kind of a little taken back because in their culture you would offer it again. And I can, I think you see the cultural differences there. Like it's very poignant at, in that scene because you know Najee's expecting the old lady to kind of offer the money a third time or a fourth time. But no, she's put it back. And in their kind, in America, you only offer it once and you take it or not. So. I mean that's interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that sounds that sounds really really good. I think we have covered such a diverse range of books, mm-hmm. really. And I I really like these sort of YA novels. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, there are a lot of other ones <laughs> that I like. You could stand it, uh, you know, YA. But it's it's really great to see so much diversity mm-hmm. um, in terms of representation coming out um, of the whole i guess field of ya novels yeah. brilliant okay mm-hmm. so um if you long enough. <laughs> we have indeed <laughs> for those of us who are still with us um if you would like to download um episodes of parapods you can find us on Podbean, the app you can also find us well, episodes of parapods via apple podcasts or google play we also have another podcast show, uh, Para Called. So that is C A L D for culturally and linguistically diverse. Uh, so that is for podcasts that the library puts out in different languages um, based on different content for our multicultural community. So that's me, Nissa, signing off with Antonia. <laughs> <laughs> Who momentarily has forgotten her name. See ya. (laughs) Goodbye. The material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker who do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast.